Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Today on this Heal Squad All-Stars episode, we delve deep into the realms of personal growth, empowerment, and setting boundaries. I love setting boundaries. Didn't know how to do that till the last few years, and it's changed my life. With Xavier Dagba, trauma-informed transformational life coach, Terry Cole, psychotherapist, relationship expert, and transformational coach, and Bethany Frankel, television personality, entrepreneur, author, and philanthropist. They share their transformative journeys and insights that have shaped their lives. Whether you're navigating challenging relationships, seeking to transform your own mindset, or striving for personal and professional success, this episode is brimming with wisdom, friends, that can guide you on your path. Let's jump into this episode and unlock the keys to a life of empowerment, authenticity, and boundless growth. And she tells it to him like it is. And he is open to her feedback because he trusts that he cannot sway her. He trusts that. So for other people, really building that trust, like very often building that trust in what they saw, what they felt, what happened. When you are, there are situations where you you can't help but being around a narcissist. And it takes to have so strong boundaries. Like boundaries are so crucial nowadays. Being able to have so strong boundaries, being able to stand, because boundaries are a place of self-protection, but they are also a safe place for the true expression of who you are. So every single time you are attacked by someone, every time someone is breaching your integrity and you feel like, wow, there's something that this person did or said here that is really brushing me off the wrong way. And very often, of course, there is that necessity to look within. Is it about me? Is it coming from me? Is there something that I need to shift or adjust here? But when it's coming through toxic shame, very often, I often tell people, if the person is shaming you in a way that is toxic and really belittling you, odds are it doesn't have anything to do with you. 
Mm-hmm. Odds are they are seeing something within you that is activating them and maybe a boundary is needed there. So boundaries are so necessary yeah. and important in this moment because they allow you to create that kind of space of safety that you need around yourself. Mm-hmm. And in some other cases, very often, unfortunately, the first response for people that are dealing with narcissists is just to get away, maybe to create some space. Mm so that you can really have the space you need to work, especially if it's so disruptive that you lose your sense of self. In a good, but, it, but in my experience, Xavier, a good narcissist will do everything to tear those boundaries down. They'll Absolutely. just keep coming. I know a friend whose ex-wife is one, and no matter what this guy does, she just will not stop, no matter what. And uh, I literally now have made him create a calendar for when his youngest is 18, is 18 yeah. and he will no longer have to deal with her and he can just be with his two children. Um, yeah. be, because it does get to that point. I love the idea of boundaries. I love the idea of, I love the way that lady went with honesty, a radical honesty of her to him. But again, she was enough of a rock to she stand there and take, and take mm-hmm. enough, take it back. What yes. I would hate to see is any of our people who are not strong enough, by the way, include me as probably one of them, that I yeah. would say that and be ready for them to pull out new weapons. I, I always say with the, it's really hard with a narcissist because I have some things, again, I, I, I do regular guy Fridays. I, I, I have the regular guy perspective on all this stuff, <laughs> wanting to get better like any regular guy or girl I think does. Yes. But um, one of the things that I would say with a narcissist, what's consistent with them is that when it comes to them taking any kind of action, um, if there's a chance for them to do the right thing or the wrong thing, they will always do the wrong thing, in my experience. And that was the one kind of tool I had, where at least being predictive of their behavior, if there was one door that was going to help me and one that was going to hurt me, they were always going to choose the door that hurt. So like, that's one thing that I noticed. And what you're saying is really, is really interesting. And what I usually encourage people to do is like, make the, make the inventory of the expectations that you're putting on them in any given moment that they would change, that they would do something, make the inventory of all these expectations and then reclaim them. Like really release them from all the possible expectations that you can eventually have. Meaning, I hope they will do this. I hope they will see it. I hope they will see that someday, blah, blah, blah. And really be at a place where you do not put your safety anymore in their hands. I love this idea. Even with enemies who do terrible things to you, I hope one day they see how bad they've hurt me. I hope one day, let it go. Right? And it's like, Really being at a place where you are not looking for closure with the narcissist in, in, in order to move yes. forward. Mm-hmm. Because very often we are at this place where I can only feel, we tell ourselves consciously or subconsciously, I will only feel peace when they admit. I will only feel peace when they um, see how much I'm hurting. I will only feel peace. And for so many people, like I've had so many clients that were like, Especially when they've had a, par- a parent that was a narcissist, they were like, I would love my life to be better. Oh. 
but if I let my life be better, she's going to take credit. And I don't want her to take credit for mm. me being right. better. Yes. I want her to see how much she's hurt me. Mm. And therefore, this woman that I'm talking about here, she was just at this space where she would, she would keep herself in pain because she never wanted her mom. She knew her mom would take yes. credit for her feeling better. Wow. She was like, yeah, that's my daughter. Look at that. That's my daughter. And she she she's she has had experiences of her mom actually oh. doing that. Like she I'm talking about somebody that had eating disorders and all yeah, of no. this. And by the way, and all every of time, this is all of this is gonna be totally understandable to anyone. Yeah. I hear you loud and clear. I and I know anyone of our audience, which our audience is mainly the people from the show, the heal squad. They call themselves the heal squad. They only want yeah. to help and heal people. So we have a lot of caretakers. We have a, a, an author, Anna Lamont, who labels it flight attendants. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Very, oh so, so they're going to hear loud and clear exactly what you're saying and how that poor young lady feels. I want to say as someone older, I'm beginning to let go of that the last couple of years. Yeah. And I'm getting more success because of it. It was holding me back. Mm-hmm. So, so you're really only, you're, you're going to what I always say, you're a double loser. The first you're Absolutely. already hurt. They already hurt you once, but now by staying in that field of I want to either get them to admit or apologize, or I'm gonna you know show them uh, how stupid they are for what they did, or oh now they're gonna take credit for how successful I am. So so she is in essence saying to herself, so I'm not gonna become successful because mom's gonna take credit. Well now Absolutely. you're a double loser, and I but, but I but I understand. And I think there's so much in getting away from, I hope they'll see or whatever. It's so good you're sharing this because forget sitting in that chair and facing them. I know it's easier said than done, but let it go. Learn from it. Why you got into that situation to begin with. what, What was it about you? How do we not get in those situations in the future? But the more energy we give them, it's, oh my God, it's, it's terrible. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier 
kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. It is very, it is very a, a hard place to be because you know, in the case, in, in the example of this woman, it, she wasn't even aware of that story. She was like, how come I cannot do something good with my life and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And when we peel the layer, she finds out, oh, crap, there's a story here. If I do something good with my life, mom is going to take credit for it. Mm-hmm. And I can never allow that. Mm. So her making peace with that, with, with, with the fact that making her life like changing her circumstances and becoming a better mom becoming a better a more empower you know when i say a better mom is like i i don't want to project here that she was a a a, a bad mom but first these are her words because she was she would have days of feeling crippled in bed and she wanted to be at a place where she becomes a model to her daughters of what it looks like to take care of herself. And she just couldn't. And I was like, are you going to give also your mom the credit for how, for what you're going to model to your daughters? There needs to be a disruptor here. Yes. Yes. There needs to be a disruptor here. So you have this beautiful opportunity to be that person for yourself and for your daughters, or your daughters will have to do the work too. Someone told me once too that when it comes to parents, uh, they 
you know, in this situation, you know, with her mother, your mom loves you as much as she can. Mm -hmm. You know, that is, that is true in my experience. And this is a belief that people will always love you based on how they can love themselves. Like people will only love you as best they possibly can based on the history, based on the wounds that they had, you know, and that's what they have to offer. And there is something that is also very, very important. In order to heal the victim, you need to meet the victim, in my experience. Wow. Mm. Okay. Explain this like one. That, 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 um, let's, if we talk about the case of this woman, for example, what she was feeling inside of her was a lot of anger, was a lot of resentment against her mother. And we often have this perspective, you shouldn't resent your parents, you shouldn't feel angry, you shouldn't this and you shouldn't that. And I get that. But very often the body has already stored within all that anger and you refuse to meet that anger, it will burn you from within. Like you refuse to meet the anger, you refuse to meet the resentment, you refuse to, you know, to really acknowledge what is going on here it will really erode you from within. It will make you bitter. And that's what was going on for her. She would be reactive, very quick with her children, even with your husband, even with herself, you know? So she would be at that place. And I was like, there is something, you cannot dismiss an emotion and get it to go away. I don't know a way to do that. You cannot reject an emotion and get it to go away. The child within you felt angry at her mom because of everything that happened. And you get to meet that child. And what we did, and when she went there, she was like, she was present with this younger version of her inside here that was full of bitterness, mm. being full of like feeling that what happened to her wasn't fair. So she needed to meet that younger version of her to really be in the presence of the anger, the resentment that was there to give herself permission to really shift that, to feel that, to be present with all of that and to really anchor a new perspective at that deep of a level, which is, I'm sorry mom wasn't there. I'm sorry she couldn't help us the way we needed. I'm sorry we didn't have that childhood that we wanted but I am here now, meaning her, the adult self. And I usually like to give that perspective, the adult self talking to the child within being like, I'm sorry, this didn't really happen for us. I'm sorry you feel all this rage and all of this anger and it's justified. There is nothing wrong with it. Mm. And right now we get to create something different. Do, do you... um? Do you think it helps to, to have a level of healthy empathy and compassion for, in some cases, the, the narcissist victimizer? So for what the, in case... For the, abu for the abuser? For the abuser, like for what, what the mom went through, we don't know. I, Does it, it is, help? It is, very, it is very possible, but I've seen it as an outcome. Ooh. You can't meet the abuser if you haven't met the victim, in my experience. Starts with the victim. You can't fully meet the abuser if you haven't met the victim. It doesn't mean identifying with the victim. 
It means meeting the victim within with compassion. It's as if you are literally use your adult self. Let's say Kevin meets the boy inside and just like, like, man, little dude, I'm sorry you have to go through all of that shit. Like, I feel what you're feeling. I'm, and whenever you relate to that part of you, what happens first when you really open up? The emotions start flowing as if you open the valve and all of that is flowing to be released. So it, people often say, and I, I, I understand where it's coming from. Like I have this understanding that's kind of, it, it sounds spiritual, it sounds beautiful, but in the practicality, so many of these things have not worked for me and the people that I facilitated the work for. I wasn't able to forgive my dad until I met my anger until I really truly worked through the anger, the resentment that I was feeling. And then at some point after doing that work of releasing and I was just like, I was able to look at the man and just being like, man, this dude had six kids, you know, in a period where we had an economic crisis. I was born in 1989, 1994, we had an economic crisis. The Currency lost half its value and they had to work like dogs to provide for us. And they did it. And I was just present to all of the stress, you know, being a dad myself right now, all of the stress they, they had to go through. And I was like, God damn it. I just need to give this man credit for this. And at some point I just wrote him a message. I was just like, you know, I've know we've had, you know, challenging relationships and all of this. I just needed to give you credit for this as well because I couldn't see how fortunate we were back then. But this happened for me after literally working through, I wasn't able to access that from an angry place. Yes, you had to meet the victim first. Mm -hmm. I had to meet the victim in me first yes. with compassion and release the emotional charge that was there before I was able to meet my dad with compassion. Is, does, does it all start with us meeting our inner child over all of the anger and the shame and the things we've done? In my, in my experience, it has been the case. Really? I'm not saying it's the only way. In my experience, it has been the case and it has been extremely liberating for so many people to look at their inner closets, to look at their shadows, to look at the parts of themselves that they are usually hiding in the dark or shying away from, it has been extremely liberating. And I've seen people, because in my experience, you can only love others at, you know, at the degree that you're willing to love yourself. If you are not capable to give to yourself the grace of forgiveness and compassion, it's going to be very, very hard to give it truthfully to others. Xavier Dagba takes us on a journey from overcoming toxic shame to building resilience and reclaiming his sense of self-worth. I hope it helps us all learn from his example. Up next is Terry Cole. It, from that moment in my late 20s that she said that to me, I was like, wait, I think we can agree, Bev, that she doesn't need to learn this lesson by living with a crack addict in the woods without running water. No. And he, she was like, 
I can definitely not agree because I'm not God and I have no idea what your sister needs to learn. I was like, well, what do I do? And she was like, step back. You can tell the truth. You can have a conversation that says, I love you, but I can't listen to you talk about this abusive relationship. If you ever want to get out for real, I'm still your person. And I stopped really talking to her so frequently. And what happened is nine months later, she was like, hi, I'm ready. I was like, great. I'm in my car. Got her. She got sober. Never was in a bad relationship like that again. Went back to school. Not because I centered myself in her as her solution, but because I stepped back and realized her life is her responsibility Mm -hmm. and I can love her and not think it's so condescending when you really get it. Like that whole mother Teresa thing. I was like, Oh my God, I'm so not mother Teresa. My therapist said, do you know why you're doing it though? And I was like, obviously not. So help. And she said, you've worked really hard to create internal peace, stop drinking all decades ago, all the things. Your sister's dumpster fire of a life is really messing with that peace. Mm-hmm. So you really want her crap to end so your pain can end because you're such a friggin' codependent. And I was like, who knew? Now I understand what codependency is. And that shifted where the, the relief that I experienced, though, and I think lots of my clients feel this way, too, is I really said to my therapist, like, but am I being a bad sister by not saving her from herself? And she was like, hi, you can't. That isn't even possible what you're saying, but you are twisting yourself up in a pretzel and you're not doing her any favors at all because you literally have no idea what's right for her. Only she knows that. And the liberation to be like, wow, it's not my responsibility really changed my life. Wow. We had a moment just the other day where I was like, you're like, yeah, it's because I'm nice. I'm like, is it? I think it's because we we don't want, I can't remember what it was. It was that you were telling me, I didn't want to say something to someone. And I was like, oh, I could like, I can feel their pain. And Maria's like, or you just don't want conflict. And I was like, good point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because sometimes you can't see it in yourself. But like when I'm giving you advice, I'm, I'm thinking of myself and I'm like, oh shit, that's why I do it. (laughs) So it's easier. And I caught it so fast in that moment. Um, Wow. I mean, even just your example with your sister, you know, so many of us have to deal with the unpeaceful sibling that we, you know, try to, well, I mean, for me, I had to completely just cut out. And then when, you know, my mom got sick, that was a different story. We tried. He just went back to his old ways. Now I've completely cut out again. Um, but I understand that want for peace because life would be so much better if, you know, if he wasn't so disruptive and so challenging. Those are very kind words I'm using. Oh, I I, I, I see the subjects. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, It's interesting. And I know that so many people suffer from that. So it's a great example for people to realize like you can offer your support and let them come to you. And then in the meantime, you got to just kind of remove yourself. But even then, listen, there's somewhere in between. And what I wanted to say about the codependency, the high functioning codependency, regular ass codependency, whichever, is that it is disordered boundaries. 
I mean, in the description of what codependency is, we're overstepping emotional boundaries and all the other boundaries. So know that. And I think that it's important that we just make a quick, let's establish what boundaries are, because I honestly, Maria, I really feel like people have no idea. They're oh, like, yes. I have to say no. It's about being mean. I have to be bitchy. It's about being a drama queen. It's all yeah. the things. There's so much negative associated that we don't realize it's not that at all. But how do we, this is the other thing, and I want to get into this too, is how do you change society? Because society is still going to look at us like that. Whether we like it or not, the woman who is assertive in the workplace has to be removed. She's too much trouble. Or the woman who in, you know, wherever is at a store is assertive about what she wants and how she she's the psycho. There's just, it's so hard. Here's the thing. First of all, I do not subscribe to that notion at all. I don't. And, and if someone thinks I'm a psycho, honestly, I don't give a shit. That's just me. I really don't. Because <laughs> Can you I'm not. bottle that up and sell it to the rest of us? <laughs> I don't. I don't care. Think about it this way: with with boundaries themselves, it really is as simple as you knowing your preferences, your limits, and your deal breakers, your non-negotiables in your relationships and in life. That's it. Preferences, sometimes I say preferences, desires, limits, and deal breakers. And those are the things that we communicate. And that's what boundaries are, right? We make a boundary request. I mean, it's not all about my way or the highway because that's a disordered boundary as well. I have a free uh, boundary quiz. Just go to boundaryquiz.com and you could see your archetype. And I already know yours, but you, I want you to take it anyway. It's 13 questions. Okay. Super simple, but there's no way not to. When you come out, you're like, oh my God, yes, that is me. Because there's different ones like a chameleon, a peacekeeper, an ice queen. Because people think that if you have really hard boundaries, mm -hmm. you're a boundary boss. Not true. That is not true. That is having rigid boundaries, not healthy boundaries, because there's a certain amount of flexibility. When we have healthy boundaries, we're not so like, ah, my way or the highway. So. I think that's another myth where we see the women in particular who have boundaries that are too porous, we call it, which is like too malleable, right? The peacekeeper, the pushover, the, um, the chameleon. But the, on the other side, being, you know, protecting yourself with like a huge wall and a moat, that is also having disordered boundaries. It's just the other end of the spectrum. So we need to be able to ask for what we want, share our preferences with people, and to get really dialed in to how much of the time what we want is to have no conflict. Above all other things, we want to avoid conflict. And when we are so conflict avoidant, it's impossible to like really be authentically full of yourself. Because think about it. If we say yes, when we want to say no, because we want to be nice, because we want that person who is mad that we were not going to interview them, we just, oh, I just want to punch that person in the face. But let's just say, <laughs> if you did that, right? What is happening is when we say yes, when we want to say no, is that we are giving corrupted data about who we are to the people in our lives. 
And I've had women come into my therapy practice in their sixth, seventh decade of life. And they're like, hey, everything's on track. Kids are going to Ivy League schools. Money's in the bank. I kind of still like my spouse. I work out three times a week. Why do I feel so empty? I'm like, because you built a life on checking boxes and nobody friggin' knows you. <gasps> oh my God, I want to cry. That's unbelievable. Oh my God. Nobody knows you. So painful. Because how can anyone authentically love you, right? Yeah, go deeper into that. Sure. If we don't talk about what's real for us, right? If our outside behavior is way different than our internal experience or narrative, we are having a relationship with people with like the false self that we erect to be successful in life, to not get disapproval, to not be rejected, all of those things. So part of it is why I walk you through it in the book and the way I teach it in my courses is that we must start with a deep dive into ourselves. I mean, the first exercise in the book is doing this massive list. It's called the okay and not okay list, where we go through every area of your life and we're like, what is okay in this area? Most, mostly, it's really easy to start with figuring out all the crap that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Where we're like, I don't like the way that person communicates with me. They always call me. I'd rather they text me. Obviously, I've never told them that, but they're annoying. Uh, moving on to your relationship. How are you managing money with your spouse? What is your office, the lights in your office like? Do they work for you? Oh, no, you hate them? Change them. These are the things that we have to start there because so much of the time, my therapy clients, I would be like, okay, so what brings you joy? They're like, I have no idea. (laughs) I never thought about it. Like knowing ourselves when we have been so, most of us, many of us have been externally focused for so long. I, myself, I identify as an empath, as a highly sensitive person. Now that means When you are that, you are so dialed into the feeling states of like every person in the room, Mm -hmm. even now. But because I know it, it has become my special skill because I know how to protect my energy because I have healthy boundaries and I don't overgive or overfunction. So I'm not resentful. But if you don't know how to protect your energy and if you don't even realize what you're doing, It is so exhausting. There's so much bandwidth that we're just leaking. And we don't even know that we're doing it. But we're like, why the hell am I so tired? Well, that could be why. Yeah, I think that resentment is so real because um, I feel like I've gotten really good at saying no, but then a few things will slip by. And when they slip by, Mm -hmm. it's... It's so loud and it hurts so much. Um, And, but there are times where I feel like, you know, if you're in so deep, like if you've committed to something and now you're just friggin' miserable and you don't want to do it, that happened Mm -hmm. to me recently. My husband just kind of screwed my head on straight. He's like, listen, he's like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be in and out. And then after that, you can be really judicious and ask more questions. How much time is this really going to take? What are the real requirements of me? Like, you know, I'm such a 
jump. Yes, I'll be there for you. I'm good at now picking just to do it for a select few. But even sometimes you get taken advantage of with the select few. Right. But here's the question, because you are absolutely talking about boundaries, having clear, concise agreements, which means those agreements, any agreements you have in your life, they must be spoken, written down, because this is how you protect your relationships. So anyone that I work with, every person who works for me, they're all super clear. This is what my expectation is. We're all going to we're all going to communicate on voice notes or whatever it is that I want. If you work for me, you work on East Coast time. I don't give a crap where you live. If that doesn't work, don't work for me. That's okay. But that's my expectation. I'm not worried what time it is in London, right? Because I can't. It's my company. You need to worry about what time it is in New York because that's where I am. Those are clear agreements. If someone's like, no, I don't want that. I want to be on, on London time. Well, great then work somewhere else. That's cool. So you can avoid so much conflict and resentment by really managing expectations with, I call it clean agreements, instead of implied or silent agreements. Because we always make the mistake, at least I have many times in my life, is we, it's called like positive projection, where we think other people are like us. Yes but they're not. I love Terry's wisdom on stepping back and allowing loved ones to navigate their own journeys. Up next is Bethany, who unveils the art of asserting oneself in both personal and professional spheres. We're stuck in the dynamics that we had as a kid. So you'll see, you could be a billionaire chairman of a corporation and you wither a parent because of a dynamic that was in, that happened years ago. So I, you know, dynamics with a brother or the, I have friends, I have friends that are very successful that still see me as the young girl who was broke, who couldn't afford to take the taxi. And there's a dynamic of the way that they'll treat you just, so it happens with work relationships, industry things, you know, it, misogyny, it just happens. So as an adult, you have to set boundaries and decide. So let's say you're reconnecting with a parent that can be challenging and they're, they're, they're going to do the same things because most people don't change and talk about the same harmful and disruptive things or bring up those things. Everyone knows an in-law or a parent brings up these things that just are to, to trigger you or dig at you. And they're not doing it on purpose. It's just who they are. My friend's mother's always like, Oh my God, lose weight, you eat too much, whatever it is. Okay. And you have to intervene and you have to set boundaries. Like something happened where I had to say, we don't, we, uh, you know, I'm an adult, I'm an adult and I'm a parent, I'm in charge of this program. And um, this person said to me that I was five times, you're very lucky. You're so lucky to have someone like Paul. You're so lucky to have someone like bring yourself. And I said, it's not exactly luck. I, I chose Paul and worked on Paul and I am a very, very uh, engaged an informed parent. So, you know, just a little dig and then brought up something else that was really like eating disordery and that thing, you know, cause you think that things wash away, which they don't. And I said, we don't talk about that at all. Just, I just want you to know that that's not something that's discussed in my house. And that's not something that I permit to be discussed around my daughter. So these are these like strict boundaries where now you're an adult, like you're not, or, you know, I would prefer if you didn't speak to me that way, you know, you don't have to be a bitch, you don't have to be passive aggressive, but it's just, you're not accepting that that's the way someone's going to speak to you. You just have to have 
serious boundaries and respect yourself. And that's how I think about changing, having to deal with a dynamic that may be exactly the way that it used to, but you've changed Mm -hmm. and you don't have to tolerate that. I love that. How do you do that in business though, Bethany? Because I feel like in personal relationships, there are different stakes because no matter what, you're still entangled in business, they can get rid of you. Well, in business, they can get rid of you, but you can't live in fear and you can't be in a situation where that dynamic is set up. And, uh, I know someone particularly, you know, the two that I'm thinking about in my mind who treated me as quote unquote, a housewife in very big girl, big man business dealings. And I really course corrected that because I'm a grown ass woman and I've created my own success. And it's happened a lot of times. It happened when I went to go interview for Shark Tank. And they were like, well, these are very serious entrepreneurs. And I don't know if you, and I said, oh, okay, well, I, I, you know, I'm not sure how many of them have been on the cover of Forbes magazine. I consider myself a serious entrepreneur also. But if you think that, you know, my having been on the housewives, will damage us. And then I certainly am not a person you should choose. Like super, I'm unsure of myself and it's happened with negotiations. And I, Kelly Ripa has talked about this and Katie, who else talked about uh, Suzanne Summers, that people don't see you coming. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the only time I'm ever going to mention it about being a woman. Cause I don't ever talk about it, but they just think that you just don't got it. Like a man, like you just aren't going to be that tough man in that room. And I am, and I don't apologize and I don't care if it's construed as being a bitch because it's just being straightforward and it's business and it's ironic because my book is business is personal mm-hmm. and it's entirely personal, but yeah, you can't treat me this way. You can't speak to me this way. And if that's happening, there's a way to say it in a subtle, respectful way in the workplace where you don't have to be the boss, you know, coming at them. You can just say, I prefer we handle it this way. You know, it's like passive aggressive light. You have to kind of just (laughs) let someone know it's not quite acceptable. But do you feel like you've gotten more respect in those moments when you have stood up for yourself? Well, I had a partner say she's tough, but she's fair, you know, and no matter what, who any of these people are, they, they do not think that I lie. They know that I'm saying that I don't bluff. They learned that and that whatever I'm saying is exactly that but it can be uh jarring and tough because I'm really sweet and cuddly until I'm not meaning this is the situation I'm thinking about which is written about in the book is when somebody pushed me and pushed me and I was standing my ground but they thought because I'm just like a girl and you know a junior person in this work dynamic which I'm not I, I literally wasn't a junior person in this work dynamic but sometimes people treat you as if you're the junior person well they want you to see they want to see you as that because they want you to see you as that and I, 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 we don't need to get all the words out, but I often, when that's the dynamic, that needs to be trained right, right away. This is where the wee wee pet and this is where it's not. And it happened to me recently. Somebody somehow <laughs> in the dynamic, although they are not as successful, as wealthy, as relevant as I am, but they're very successful. They came at me to say something and I said, yeah, I'm, I, you might be confused because I, you know, I'm good where I am here. So Like, you know, you got to level it. And it happens with men. That's the honest truth. Mm -hmm. It happens with men in business. And, you know, you got to be strong and it's hard. That's the same thing as you saying, you know, you're going to go in too far. It's hard to not, you got to go in. You can't just dip in. I've heard this. I've had major, major Ivy League women working with me 
that are scaredy cats to talk to the to the men in the room. Like yeah. they're scaredy cats that'll say with me on the phone what were they're going to say. Then they get on the phone with the men and it's always me who has to come out and say the thing. Yeah, so, well, because we always feel like we're going to be penalized. But what I've learned now is that I don't want to be in that work dynamic anyway. No, absolutely. But it's you might never have to. Work. You don't know it. You got to sometimes you sign. Oh, I did. It's a bigger cause. Ugh, I've done it. You, you got to look at the big picture. <laughs> you got to don't hate the player, hate the game. And you will be you cannot not not everybody's pleasant. Most people are unpleasant. So, you you know, this devil there's another one right around the corner. It's a really great point because I think a lot of us now feel like, oh my God, that person's bad energy. I'm out. So we all just try to live in Pleasantville. And the truth is some of those experiences are going to shape you in good ways as well. But if you go in with some tools and that's what we do here every day, we're arming you with tools, then you'll have an easier experience or, or you'll be able to help shape your experience more. Pros play hurt. It's not always going to be fun and it's not always going to be easy. And if it was easy, anybody would be able to do it. So you've got to go through that labyrinth, but that's part of the case law that happened. I'm telling the stories. It's in my book. Five minutes before going on HSN, tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars of swimwear ordered, paid for. I put it on. I said, this is garbage. I can't sell this. It was like, what? You're going on a multi-billion dollar company network and your partners are multi-billion dollar swimwear company and you're not going on to sell? No. Yeah, fight, men, whatever. No, because this is not... I'm going down the chain. I'm playing chess. I'm like, no. Then we sell it. Then they have to return it. They think I've made crappy products. Then they want to sell it to off-price stores. The partners do because because what those people don't count. So so poor people should be wearing crappy bathing suits. Like I was like, no, scrap it. And I ate them. I ate the money and I fought the fight because I was not doing it. It wasn't popular. It wasn't easy. But this stuff is not easy. Yeah. So I want to go back to um, to kind of setting your boundaries in the workplace because we've been talking about boundaries a lot here. And, um, and, you know, has, have there been negative experiences after you set your boundaries? You know, when I say, first of all, no, and not really, but when I say set your boundaries, it's not talking though and telling people what you, it's, it's by how you lead. It's, it's just things that you don't accept and you just won't keep getting pushed. It's not exactly just saying something. Words are, talk is very cheap. It's, you should say something if something needs to be said, but it's more about the way you live. It's protect the realm. I said it in my book. Protect the realm is what are you doing? Who are you? What's your culture? What's the point? What's the business? What's the brand? It doesn't mean you're not stapling papers together or getting coffee if you're starting out. It definitely doesn't mean that. Mm-hmm. It just means who are you as a realistic, not a person now that, you know, because everybody works to the letter of the law and everybody's afraid. Not that person. Just who are you within real life normalcy of how hard do you want to work? How much do you want this? But where's the line like that should not be crossed? So that's really important. And that can be actions and it can be words. And as far as setting boundaries, um, no. Once I set that boundary, people are bullies. So if you set that, they bully, they go, they keep going. Little digs, little comments, little things, little dynamics until you say basta. Mm-hmm. Now, then they, they, they don't know how to react. It's just shocking because this is a dynamic that's been set up with this muscle that's weak because you haven't been working it out. And then all of a sudden you flex and they are shocked. 
So it's it's a dance, it's energy, it's stuff you have to work out, but you gotta stay the course and protect your own realm, which is what you are, what your brand is, and what you're willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept. And it's not that easy, but it is once you do it, it's easy. It's an exercise that you will learn and it feels so good. And it's not being a pit bull and it's not being, you know, it's not that. It's just here's the line. Mm-hmm. That's the line. We do not cross it. It's a really great um, message for people to hear because I know for myself, the few times I did stand up for myself, the few times I did kind of shut it down, which took everything I had inside of me, I was shocked at their response. They actually shocked. They did it. And their words were legitimately, I have so much more respect for you. Like they were like, oh my God, I've never seen anybody do that to that person or say that or talk to someone like that or or whatever. And they're like shocked it came out of me, but it it used to come from such a, I mean, I've been beaten by Tyson in the ring for, you know, eight rounds. And now it's finally the beast woke up and said, hell no. So, you know, it's, it's, it's great to hear these experiences for women. Cause like you said, these Ivy league women are having such a hard time doing it. The everyday woman who hasn't gone to an Ivy league school like me and never learned how to do it. My parents were janitors. Where was I going to learn that? So you gotta, we gotta just keep sharing these stories so that people can muster up the courage to do it for themselves. Well, not only for themselves, for other people, because it, it, you don't even realize how the flow goes. So I didn't know. So what happened with that experience with the bathing suits was it was driving me crazy and I thought, am I nuts? Like these, how are we going to sell these? And HSN was lovely enough to get me connected with the woman who ran all the models. And I said, can you, can you talk to them and say, am I, are these bathing suits ill-fitting? And it turns out all the models, there's a bunch of models that had all said that they were feeling self-conscious and they didn't want to wear them and they <sighs> were uncomfortable. And, and if they models are clapped. saying that. <laughs> they were all clapping when they heard that I said that. So this thing that I had done that I thought I was speaking to my, a partner flowed to them and their self-esteem because they were going to have to wear these ill-fitting bathing suits and they were feeling self-conscious about their bodies. And they were like that. She did it. So they'll do it in their lives in some other way. It was just like a thing that. Yeah. It's a domino effect. Yeah. Other people it's leading by example. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or MariaMenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.